Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant, turned boutique owner, turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and friend here on your journey through boutique land. I had a really great question in one of my groups the other day that I absolutely think I need to address. I don't think that I've addressed it lately. There are so many new people always wanting to start a boutique or start a business, uh, no matter if it's a home decor boutique or women's or children's or consignment, um, we definitely have seen an uptick in people joining the space. One of my members said that a perceived successful boutique owner had done an Ask Me Anything on her Facebook group or her Instagram stories or something. And one of the questions was, is the boutique industry oversaturated? Meaning, are there too many boutiques right now So I shouldn't open one because I'll have a ton of competition. That's what that really means. But is the boutique industry oversaturated? And apparently this boutique owner said, if I was wanting to start a boutique now, I probably wouldn't because I do think it is oversaturated. And I, Emily Benson, who's been in the boutique industry for 10 plus years now, would like to politely disagree with that. (laughs) Um, I think anyone who tells you to not do something, unless it's like jump off a bridge or, you know, something very dangerous, I don't think you should listen to them. I had someone at the beginning of my consulting career say, who would ever pay you for business advice, Emily? Good question. I've only run like multi-million dollar businesses, ran my own boutiques for many years, and they were six-figure businesses. Like, yeah, a lot of people will pay me. I'm really good at this. But I actually chose to listen to her for a couple months and was really discouraged. And honestly, I wish I could go back to that moment when she said that and like say back to her, like, no, I can totally do this. Are you kidding? You come to me for advice. What are you talking about? And I think, to be honest with you, a lot of times when we get advice like that and, you know, I don't know this boutique owner at all. I don't even know who she was, but it was just a, you know, an anecdote in the group. I have no idea who she is. Um, But I think a lot of times when someone answers that in that way, it's showing their mindset problems. It's really their ego and their insecurities are really showing up in that way. Because to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever said to someone, don't start that business. I've said, here's what I think the risks are. Here's what I think the rewards are. Here's why I think you'll struggle. But, you know, there's solutions to everything. I think it's kind of silly to tell someone else they shouldn't start a business because honestly, it's again, it's none of your business. <laughs> like, and I'm certainly not someone who's giving people false hope. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm down and dirty and real about everything. Like I really try not to sugarcoat things because I don't think starting a business is easy at all, but I don't think that's a reason not to do it. I don't think that the boutique industry is oversaturated. One of the biggest reasons why is because I've seen people come and go for the past 10 years, almost 11 years at this point. I can make a list of boutiques that I've seen open and close. Mobile, online, 
brick and mortar. I mean, you name it. It doesn't matter how they did it. They're closed now. They were open at one point and they're closed now, including myself. Okay. I was open at one point and now I'm closed. And people say to me all the time, like, well, why did you close your boutique? Well, I was kind of bored. I knew I could consult. I thought that would be more fun. Could I open a a boutique tomorrow? Yeah, I I might. I don't know. I say that all the time. Every time I go to a show, I'm like, oh, if I opened a boutique again, here's how I'd do it. And I totally know how I would do it. But got a lot on my plate right now. I don't really have the time or space to do that. That said, if I would go and start a boutique tomorrow, why would I tell you not to? There's plenty of space for all of us. I think that boutique owner was probably a little bit intimidated or maybe she has some idea that like oh someone's going to start a boutique and it's going to be competition for me or because someone else starts there's not enough to go around all I'll tell you is the pie just gets bigger it's not like the slices of the pie get smaller because more people open what happens is the pie gets bigger and I will say in the past 10 years I do believe that the pie has gotten much bigger there are more people that have boutiques, that are running boutiques, than when I started back in 2011. I think a lot of that has been driven by the rise and fall of things like LuLaRoe and Agnes and Dora. I think they provided the pathway for so many women to believe that they could have a boutique, that they could have a fashion business. And while their execution and practices weren't always best practices or executions. I do think that a lot of women got the buzz, you know, they kind of got the itch and they saw like, wow, this is fun. Selling clothes is fun, which it is. Now I want to do it on my own. So I think over the past probably three years, since probably about 2017, 2018, we've seen a flood of new people come into the space because they've come from LuLaRoe or Agnes and Dora and affiliates. So I do think that there has been more people coming in. That said, a lot of those people flamed out. You know, I do think a lot of the big time sellers from LuLaRoe have done quite well in the boutique world. I don't know their financials and the numbers, but they're still around, so they must be doing okay. I do I do know some people's numbers and how well they've done, but I, I can't vouch for all of them. Um, But I will say that a lot of them aren't around anymore. There was a really big learning curve for a lot of people who left an MLM company like that uh, because they were really used to the specific kind of clothes, the specific customer, the size range that those companies offered. And a lot of that stuff really has to shift when you open a boutique. Some people just didn't make the leap quite right. That's okay. A lot of people weren't prepared for what it took to really run a boutique. You know, I think when you're in a a situation like a LuLaRoe, you are kind of led by the brand. You are guided by what's going on. You don't have to do your own branding necessarily. I mean, you can, right? But you're like, here's the assortment of what the choices are. It's pretty limited. Choose what you like and sell it. Whereas in boutique land, I mean, there's hundreds of vendors, there's hundreds of price points. The branding piece of it can be really difficult for some people because that's not their their thing. So a lot of people I don't think transferred over and had success or they struggled because it, it is a completely different business. And while I think that 
the pathway was there, I think a lot of people fell off because the pathway sort of changed. The The surface of the pathway got a little gravelly and a little dirty. It wasn't quite as clean and nice as, as the MLMs kind of laid it out for them. I do think that there was an influx of people that came over from there. I don't think that everyone lasted. And to be honest with you, that's okay. I think a lot of people realize that they don't really like it that much, you know? Um, I, I think a lot of people do also start to realize after a year or two, like maybe owning a boutique isn't for me. I got kind of bored. I had had my boutique for four and a half years and I had been in retail for seven, eight years before that. And I was just kind of like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I want to teach this rather than do it. And that for me really worked. I did have a lot of guilt around closing my store and, you know, not having my brand anymore. But I mean, I guess it's been five years now and I'm still okay. So <laughs> I don't regret it too much. Uh, I do miss it for sure, but um, I definitely don't regret it. I think, you know, I think you, I think as you grow and evolve and, and part of, you know, living your life and starting a business is growing and evolving. So I think you learn like, oh, is owning a business for me? Maybe it's not. Or maybe I like these certain aspects of it. So I'm going to do something else that's just those aspects. Like, I really think there's a huge void in people who know Shopify and people who know social media marketing, specifically for boutiques. I say all the time, if you want to close your boutique, but you loved the uploading inventory, you loved kind of just the back end work of it like go get hired by another boutique and help support them like that. Like I think there's a huge VA virtual assistant business opportunity for women who were former boutique owners or uh, former even MLM sellers to go support other boutique owners. So yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there is plenty of people in the boutique world. I think a lot of people also came in during COVID and said, oh, I want to go sell loungewear. I'm going to sell masks or you know, I'm going to sell something because I'm home with my kids. I had to leave my job and I still need something for me. I think people that tell you that the the industry is oversaturated, I think that they have a scarcity mindset. And I think that they don't really understand how we can all coexist at once. Like there are plenty of other people who are like business coaches and boutique coaches popping up left and right. And I don't really care. They're never going to be me. They're never going to have my experience. They're never going to have my voice. Whatever. Most of the time I see people copying me. So good luck. You know, I mean, I don't, I just, I really don't care anymore um, because I know and I trust and I have an abundance mindset of I'm on my own path. I'm doing what I want to do in the way I want to do it. And I'm confident in that. And so that leads me into like, how do you actually stand out in any market? And again, I'm not saying it's oversaturated, but I am saying that there are tips and tricks that I want to talk about that I think will help you stand out. Also, what we're saying when, oh, we think the market is oversaturated is that there's there's also this lack of sort of standout stars. Like everyone feels like they're kind of selling the same thing or they have the same brand. Like I've joked about this in the past. Why is everyone just deciding to name their boutique their two kids' names and put it together and then put a floral decoration around the logo. You know, like <laughs> we've seen that. We've been there. We've done that. If you're doing it, it's working for you. Keep doing it. Okay. But if you're doing that, it's not working for you. Then we've got to pick a different path. And I think a lot of this comes back to really building your brand. So the way you can stand out 
in any situation, whether it's for a job interview or for your boutique business, is having a brand. Like, who are you? Who do you want to sell to? Carving your own path in this world of boutiques is so important. And the, the women that I work with who have kind of these unique brands are the ones that are doing the best. So they're either really unique or the owner has this great story or the owner's this like super personable person, shows up a lot online. Um, But to be honest with you, it's really about the branding. Like I'll I'll talk about, if you haven't listened to the episode with my friend Sherry from Mermaids on Cape Cod, I mean, the name of her store is Mermaids on Cape Cod. I think you get the brand (laughs) pretty fast, right? And, you know, it does everything that she makes have mermaids on it anymore. No, it doesn't. But she's all about a beach life. She's all about loving the ocean. You know, she like gives back money to the turtles. And the fact that she's on Cape Cod naturally lends itself to that. She has a store there. She has her bus there. But instantly when someone interacts with her brand, they kind of get it subconsciously, whether they're not, they don't exactly like know exactly what she sells, but subconsciously they know that, oh, there's something about the beach. There's something about vacation. There's something about the water involved in this. That's how you get your brand to stand out. It's that instant hit, whether it's the name of your business, the colors, what you sell, you've really got to figure out how to stand out. I mean, there's another client I have, her store is called like thrifting like a Royal and she's a consignment store, but she only buys things that are royally inspired. So like things that like Princess Kate would wear. I think she's a princess, right? You know, or like things that Meghan Markle would wear. Um, And I love that. Like it's so specific and it's so niche And I think a lot of people would say, oh, that's is that too niche Is it too specific? No, I actually think it's kind of cool because there's plenty of people who love the Royals. There's plenty of people who look to them for style inspiration. I mean, I'm pretty sure people.com has an entire Royals like tab on their, their website. Um, so I, I, and I think it's a way for her to stand out. It's like what she loves and it's clearly shown through the passion of having this business where she shares that, that level of style. This is the big thing. If you're thinking about rebranding or you're new or you're, you know, you're thinking about starting soon, you really have to stand out. And I would say that to any business. I would say that to a restaurant. I would say that to a dry cleaner. There's always going to be other people doing what you're doing. No idea is unique. It's how you execute it. It's how you brand it. It's how you show up. It's the messaging. It's the ideal client. Like it's all of that combined that will really help you stand out. Whether someone believes the market is oversaturated or not, you're not opening the first falafel restaurant in your town okay, yeah, that's not oversaturated. But anything you do where you're going to be online or have e-commerce, yeah, there's going to be other businesses doing that. So how will you stand out? How do you show off what you do um, and what you love in a way where you can share that love and share that passion with other people through your boutique business? That's really the most important thing. And I gave you two examples that are like obviously very niche I, I see plenty of successful boutiques who aren't quite as niched. I want you to think about that. I want you to consider that the biggest things that right now are helping boutiques be successful are having them stand out from the crowd. They have a unique name. The person who owns the boutique is showing up on a Facebook Live, showing up on a video, showing up in photos. They're modeling their clothes. All of that stuff, you guys, like That's the reason big box retailers are not working right now is because there is no face. There is no personal connection. Think about this. 
Think about something like Target. When you walk into a Target, don't you kind of feel like you're going to a friend's house? Something about the energy, about the the spot dog, you know, about the Target logo, about the colors, about the lighting, about everyone's wearing the red shirts and is smiling. All of that stuff, it does give you that personal touch. Whereas like I walk in a hardware store, well, it depends on the hardware store because we have some pretty friendly people at hardware stores around here. But there's one particular hardware store I've walked into where it's just like, Ugh, why am I buying from these people? Like, they're not trying to help me. I can't find the screws that I need. And ugh, let me just go. I'm going to go to the friendly hardware store. You have to remember that people connect with people no matter what is selling. And I think that the brands, even when they're big brands, the ones that can connect with you on a more personal level, those are the ones that are going to win every single time. And to be honest with you, that's why a lot of big box retailers are starting to work with influencers because they're saying like, well, that's how we'll get through the personal touch because we don't have a brand ambassador in our company who can represent our ideal customer. But you do. You are your own best influencer. You are your own best brand ambassador. And I think when you start to embrace that and you start to live that, your business totally shifts and the money starts to flow and things get easier. Am I asking a lot of you? Yes, (laughs) but I'm sitting here being in the same position where I am my brand. We are Boutique Training Academy. I do have a whole suite of products. I have coaches underneath me. I have a whole team. But at the end of the day, Emily Benson is the face of that. And my voice is important. My opinion is important. Showing up is important. And I think that the more that we can embrace that in our businesses and make it easy for ourselves by having support for the other things around that, then that's where we really start to win. And that's where we really start to stand out. So to finish the question, is the boutique industry oversaturated? No. But do I think you need to figure out how to build a brand and stand out? Yes, absolutely. And again, I would say that for any business, even a consulting business, even a, again, a dry cleaner, a salon, I would say you've got to stand out. Hopefully this knocks down any fears that you've heard from other people or other sources that say this industry is growing too fast. You know, listen, there's people that were around last week that aren't here this week. They just sold all their inventory. They're gone. So don't worry about it. The turn of, of, of stores and boutique owners is happening behind the scenes. You're not hearing about it. You're just seeing the ones open. You're just seeing the successful ones or the ones that show up often. So just decide you're going to step up and be that person who shows up often and who stands out and who grows and be successful, whatever that looks like for you. You get to decide what you want and how you want this journey to go. Hopefully I've inspired you to stay on the path. Hopefully I have given you lots of arguments to push back family, friends, or other influences in your life who are saying silly, silly stuff like this, because it's very important for you to go after what you want. It's very important for you to at least try to go after your dreams. If it doesn't work out, that's okay too. You took a stab at it. It might bring you to the next step. Don't forget that. Our life is a journey. Just because what we decide to do today doesn't mean that we're doing it forever but maybe it does. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget uh, to rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. The more people that know about this podcast, honestly, the more happy I think and successful the entire boutique industry gets. So please feel free to go ahead and rate and review. I'm Emily Benson. I will see you next week here on the Booster Boutique Podcast.